Welcome to Not Your Mama's Relief Society. I'm Annie Joy, and me and Julie are on a mission to teach the tools to help us to build a kinder Zion. Join us for today's conversation because there's always room on the pew for you. Got it. Okay, friends, we did it. I found a record button. I feel good about my life. Okay, so another killer friend on the show, guys. Maddie is so... I don't even know the right word. Maddie is like just this ball of fiery powerhouseness that is just like it explodes into your life. And you're like, how did I live before I met Maddie? Like, what was I doing before <laughs> I met Maddie? She is a height fitness instructor and she also does this incredible breath work. And I met her at a retreat where we were both speaking and working at. And she did the breath work, did the high fit. And it was just, she is just a force to be reckoned with. And her heart and her everything about her is just so good. And she told us about like the first and second retreat. She had told us about like her dating this guy and he's a member and she's not anymore. And like, you know, the kind of the push and the pull of that. And we were all just like at her feet, like fascinated, like this is the best love story anyway. So Maddie, we're so excited for you to be here and tell us Hi. all the things. <laughs> Oh, I'm excited to be here. Jazz Thank hands. you. That's very kind of you. <laughs> and I think that we got along, Annie, because like we both are those balls of energy that may be too much for some people, but we love each other. Just <laughs> right for everyone else. Yeah. Because guess what? Yeah. If I'm too much, go find less. No problem. Yes. <laughs> and I always say my, so my favorite quote is I you can be the sweetest peach on the tree and someone won't like peaches. And I am a sweet ass peach. So. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, you are. I believe that. So if you like cherries, go eat some cherries and I'll just keep being peachy. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Keep right on being peachy. Oh, yeah. Yes, my love. <laughs> I love it. Well, okay, maybe tell us some more about you, about you as a person, as the coolest human, all the things. Yeah, I'm ready to hear this story because Maddie's new to me. So, yeah, Maddie's new oh. to Julie. So, please tell Julie yes. all about who you are. Okay. And, you know, okay. everybody I else, I guess. Yeah, and the, the other podcast listeners. Um, okay, so I'm going to try to like upbridge everything because I am an overshare, but we're going to make this, you know. Or are okay. you a perfect amount sharer? Are you a perfect I'm amount? I'm a perfect amount sharer. It's called vulnerability, people. Yeah, I feel great and- about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I grew up in like Arizona and I live in Southern Utah, but I moved to Southern Utah when I was like 13. So I feel like Southern Utah's home. Um, we all know the culture of Southern Utah and I grew up as a, as a, a member of the church and I was very, very involved. I was like the like president of each young woman's class I was in. And I was like seminary president and like, I was, I did the stuff and I loved it. Like I really did. I feel like I did find joy in it. I did have a lot of the, like always striving to be better all the time. Like a lot of that, like shame of like not doing good enough mm-hmm. and, you know, like just living normal life and making normal human mistakes. And then like, I remember just like crying in bed, like, I promise I'll never do this again. And like those things were now I can look back and see like, okay, that was kind of damaging to my, myself as a child. Yeah. (laughs) And I had a family who like, I saw my family as very, um, like we were the good Mormons, you know, we did stuff the good way. We, we read scriptures and we went to church and we did family home evening and like, but now looking back also we were very judgmental so very much of the culture that is southern utah too so it was very and it it comes from like a lot of self-esteem issues and so it was not just even church but just self-esteem in general where you feel bad about yourself so if you make other people look bad then you don't feel bad you know like that's not a church thing that's just a personality thing that's interesting though maddie just as you're saying that i'm thinking about like that's an interesting way to look at even some of the judgmental issues that we see in the church like if we can give a little more grace to the judgy people that like it's their own self-esteem issues that are kind of causing some of that judge that's an interesting Mm -hmm. i haven't thought about that before but like for sure Mm -hmm. that's what it is right like they're having their own self-esteem issues yeah and this constant culture of like trying to be better and trying to strive like be the better mormon or be the best version of mormon and when you feel a little you don't feel like you quite reach that and so if you're putting other people they're not doing these things and they're drinking coffee and they're they're not marking their boxes and it makes you feel better about the boxes that you're not marking you know so i feel like that's a huge part of the church that is like a very like personality thing but is now like 
kind of church culture as well, you know? Yeah, for yeah. sure. There's a lot of it there. And I, th- and I, but I love your point, like what Julie's saying, like the, it's a self-esteem issue and. Oh yeah. I mean, it's a false narrative to think that if I make you feel bad, then I feel better, you know? Yeah. It's easy to fall into it. And I think everyone's done it to some degree, somewhere along yeah. the way, right? Like, so it's mm-hmm. just being aware of it, like, oh, and just checking yourself, like, oh, why am I doing mm-hmm. that? Like, why am I getting so And nobody really that? does it consciously. I don't think anybody's totally. consciously like, oh, if I make them feel bad, I'm going to feel better. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree with you. I actually had a or friend who, oh, sorry, go on, Julie. Oh, I was going to say, or that it makes us like anywhere closer to like being like <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right. You're uh-huh. like, oh, yeah. yeah. If I judge this person just right, uh-huh. I'm going to be really It wasn't like until Jesus. like my mid twenties, I had a friend that like when I would, cause I, I grew up in that. So it was like my natural thing to be like, oh, what is she wearing? And that was even after I left the church. So it was like, oh, look, her butt cheeks are hanging out. And she's like, why do you care? And it was her saying that enough times. And I'm like, why yeah. do I care? And it was like that blunt, like. <laughs> get over yourself I'm like dang it <laughs> why do I care but I feel like I think everybody needs somebody in their life to, to ask you like why do you care like, why does it matter right so now when my parents did I try to say like oh I hope she's happy I hope she's comfortable I hope that makes her feel good I hope like I just try to reframe it that way and I yeah I feel like it helps with my it's helped with my self-esteem to change my thoughts on judging other people so uh, there's a little that. plug for that <laughs> yes good old plug for quit judging people <laughs> Let's write an infomercial, um, a singing infomercial about stop yes. judging. Yeah. Yeah. So you write the music and I will not sing it, but I will <laughs> jazz hands. Jazz hands. Jazz hands. <laughs> Always the jazz hands. <laughs> I love it. Yes. So yeah. So I was super involved. I, you could call me very Molly Mormon. Um, I, when I was 19, well, I was 18, I started dating a boy that had tattoos and piercings. It was my first semester oh my of college. Gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was such a bad boy. And Molly stepped piercing. out. <laughs> yes. Well, it's so funny because in high school and stuff, I wanted to like, I always had this desire to like, I wanted to go to the parties and I wanted like, I didn't know if I was going to do stuff, but like, I also had a lot, I put a lot of value on what boys thought of me and being attractive and all of that, you know, like, like all teenage girls. Uh, yeah. I and mm, yep. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was rough. And I had, I remember telling a friend, she like told me that she had gone to a party that weekend. And I was like, why didn't you invite me? And she's like, Maddie, we are not inviting you. Like, and not in like a mean way, but of like, we're not going to be the ones to taint you. Like that's, you're not going to be invited by us. We're not going to invite you to the parties. And I was like, eh, that's rude. But I, that was like, I had the reputation of like this Molly Mormon girl. And then I got to college. And so then I could kind of create this new, thing and I was gonna go to my first like party the night I met my ex-husband and and honestly like he's my ex-husband but I do know I I met him and married him for a reason and like he did come into my life at a time that like I would have become very promiscuous I would have gotten into a lot of things but it kind of like was a safe place to start to explore that stuff and have like a solid ground he was like it was like when I started recognizing like some toxicity in my family and all of these things all at once you know so when I started dating him, the way that they treated him, I was like, well, this is, we're the good ones. We're the good Mormons. And they don't like him just because of his appearance. Like, I don't want that. Like, if this is, if we're the good, I, that, I don't want any part of it. Sure. I couldn't, at that time, I couldn't separate, like, they're just being judgmental. It was like, no, they're good Mormons. And they're treating this person who is, like, I saw all of this beautiful potential in him and, like, this beautiful soul that he was. And they hated him. They treated him so poorly. And I was like, well, that's not for me. I didn't want that. I was like, nope, if that's, if that's good, then I just don't want it. And I did this weird um, dissociation thing where I just shut it off. Like I went from like super involved and I just like flipped a switch and it was like everything to be LDS was just gone. And I just shut it off and threw it out of my life. And I ended up, I married that boy because my parents don't like him and it really pushed us closer together and sure we, like got married really quickly and we had I feel like it was a pretty decent marriage up until like the last three years we were married for eight years um and I I basically just became agnostic where I just said like I don't know what's out there but I believe if there is a heavenly father I'm good I'm I try really hard to be a good person I am like Christ-like and whatever that means to whoever you're talking to and so sure. like why worry about it and just live my life and um I had two kids and we have stayed in southern Utah and then after I had my second I started teaching I went to the gym and just kind of started to find myself I started listening to Tony Robbins which he 
like changed my life and um I started teaching high fitness yeah Tony it was great it was just like I always was stuck in that mindset of like it was that judgmental and all of these things where like life was so hard and heavy and that like gave me this like power over my thoughts um I started teaching high fitness and found this like power in who I was and that really was like as I got stronger my I didn't expect my ex to like, let's grow together, but he did not like my growth. And so it became emotionally abusive. And as I grew, he tried to stomp down, you know? Sure. Um, so then I, and that was, so for like three years, it was really rough for like three years. And I, there was like some really intense drama stuff that happened with my family. And I like made this choice. I was like, I will change my life. I will not live this life. I will not be in these toxic relationships. And I, like set boundaries with family because they're always going to be there but I set really intense boundaries with family I left my I left my ex-husband and I started kind of a spiritual journey at that point like using like energy and that kind of stuff like an energetic spiritual journey um breath work came into my life and that's kind of opened my mind up to God again actually it was like breath work and psychedelics if I'm being honest right those two things <laughs> um that that opened my mind back up to like that there is a god and that there is more to this and like i know for sure that i have um like a creator who loves me and and a divine person that is like was really guiding my life i saw my life very guided through my divorce and and as i found a house and got my kids in in good mental places and stuff i just i felt that divine intervention so many times so um i did that and then um i was i was divorced for a year and a half and one of my friends that was my friend through my marriage was like hey my brother-in-law that i had heard only terrible things about by the way because i'd been friends with her for five years it's a great start <laughs> she's like yeah yeah she's like i was showing you pictures of my single friends and i was really buff that was when i was like in really good shape and he likes like buff women and he was like i want the amazon and so he wanted my phone number <laughs> and I was like sure I'll like go for like free food and dating experience that's sure like with nothing's gonna happen so might as well just like I so also during that time right before that I became a bouncer at a bar which you were was a bouncer at a bar I was I was I mean like at a telling bar. you that's actually like not shocking but like <laughs> this is really funny you know yeah like was, Amazon Maddie well, is like you want to come in this bar gotta get through me like you gotta get through me yeah well it was like a my only fitness goal was ever to look like I could like kick someone's booty you know and I was at the bar on St. Patrick's Day and the owners approached me and were like do you have a job and I was like yeah I teach fitness classes and they're like well what about being a bouncer do you want to be a bouncer here and I was like yes yes I do <laughs> okay so it was really cool it was actually a really great experience for me because I was really bad at like saying no I like had this that weird like girl thing where it's like if a guy likes you you like owe them something you know like the really toxic yeah. versions of mm-hmm. of womanhood that like suck and it gave me this opportunity to like really have to say no a lot like I got to practice saying no all the time and I like brought like girl power to the bar and I like when you're there you're getting all kinds of gross comments and stuff and I had to like set these boundaries and just become this like hardcore person that nobody messed with or you'd get messed with all the time and so like the first month was just like putting people in their place and like it was it was a really cool experience for me it was I only worked there three months because then I feel like i I learned all the things I could learn and then I'm like okay I don't need to do this anymore carry on yeah <laughs> yeah yeah now I, I can check that off my list and move on it's like that was a big part of my life like I I loved that so when I met David oh yeah so because Brooke so Brooke was my friend she is her so her husband's actually married to David's twin brother my husband's twin brother so they are twins okay. and so she gave him my number and he was like well she's not LDS he's very he's very LDS he was married before been divorced and like he has his morals like the way he sticks to morals is admire admirable admirable that's the word (laughs) and he like knew what he wanted and and knew he like was important to him so yeah yeah and he wasn't so after he said like I'd get her number like I'll, I'll get her number then he was like you know I'm not gonna like I don't I'm not gonna take her on a date because like it would just be he he dated so many people like he he really wanted to find a wife he was ready to like he was like a super dater because he's like, I got to find the one. I have to find my woman, you know? <laughs> and so 
Um, but Brooke had told me that she'd given me, given him my number. So it was kind of like this weird situation. Cause like Brooke's like, Oh, I told David that, that, or told, told David, I told Maddie that I gave you her number though. And he, so then he felt this like, well, now I have to, like, I don't want to be a jerk. So I'll just take her on one date, you know? And I was like, whatever, this will be one date. Like, it's not going to matter. <laughs> so we meet and he walked in and I was like, Oh, kind of I've met all of his family except for him so Brooke and I are really good friends and I met everybody in their family it was the first time I met him but there was like this spark and now I'm look back and I'm like I felt the spark but I like I was like anxious and like kind of running around and then I like stopped and we made eye contact and I was like hello and he's like hello and I was like okay well that was weird like let's go I also did this thing because I was not going to change who I was and I was going to let him know that I was not LDS and I will not conform to any of his stuff. I wore my short shorts and my tank top <laughs> and like he, he brings up all the time, like that outfit that you wore on the first date. But I was like, I will not, I had to be not Mormony, you know, like I had to let him know because a lot of my life had been conforming to what other people wanted me to be. And that was like really important that he knew from the get go. I will not fit in your box. Sure. And this is who I am. So take it or leave it. This is where I'm at. And this is who I am. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to like, I'm not going to adjust to you because I've done that for so long. So we go on the date and we had this like hilarious first date. It was on Memorial Day. So we went to this massage, this massage parlor in town that definitely does sketchy stuff. If you know what I mean. Like, like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he had called before, like, we are just friends like don't it, it, it's just friends we get there and they're like couples massage and put us in the same room and I'm like I don't care I just got back from being at the hot springs naked like I don't I don't care just turn around and he now knowing him he was dying inside like what's <laughs> happening <laughs> so it's just this hilarious first date we just laughed a lot and it was we we dated for so I like I just stayed a distance I'm like if he wants to hang out then he will and he would text me like once a week and be like hey I miss you let's go on a date and we went on like one date a week for a month or so and to me it was nice because oh that was why I brought the bar so I was working at the bar I was dating around a lot but not like today's version of dating I was like hanging out a lot like all the guys that you're with are trying to get in your pants you know and so this was kind of like a refreshing time because I was not dating any LDS men it was refreshing to like be able to go hang out with somebody and have fun. And it wasn't him trying to get my pants all the time, you know? Yeah. Like he's enjoying like, and like oh. getting to know you as a person. Yeah. Yeah. What and we were should be, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so we just hung out we did, um, a Spartan race. So we met the end of May, we did a Spartan race in July and we like gotten this really contentious argument on the way home. And I, I remember telling him like when I started feeling feelings, I said, like, what are we doing? Like, I am never going to be in the church. I don't even know if I want kids again. I know, like, this is what you want. Like, why are we doing this? And he's like, I just think it'll work out. Like, I think that we should still get to know each other. I don't, I like, I'm not so worried about it. And I remember like kind of telling him all my red flags, like I do this and I do this and I like all these things. And he's like, it's okay. Like, that's fine. That's, I love that about you. That's great. <laughs> And so we just kept dating and then we did the Spartan race. We got in this really big argument on the way home. And it was like, a, you know, those arguments, it's like, it's about something totally different, but it's really about like these like triggered feelings that we have. Mine was about like, he's trying to put me in a box and his was about, she's trying to be too free. Like the, yeah, the things that it's always I, a deeper thing. It's not about the toilet paper or the car or the whatever <laughs> you're arguing about, you know, like it's always yeah. something more. Yeah. Well, it was, it was about like a different couple's fight about like a thing that his wife was doing. And I'm like, it's not your job to control them. And he's like, but they need to have boundaries like those. So it was like, gotcha. now we know, like, yeah, these are very much our traumas, you know? Right. And so we got in this huge fight and I'm like, okay, I'm never going to see him again. Like the end. And I took him, I, I saw him, he didn't talk to me for like two days. I took him his, we call it the sleeping bag talk. I took him his sleeping bag back that I borrowed. And he was like, I, I said, you haven't talked to me in four days. Like, obviously like we're done. And he's like, well, I actually have feelings for you. And I, I think that we need to see each other more. And I was like, dude, I think that we need to be done seeing each other. <laughs> I don't have any feelings for you. And I put on my like tough face and I was like, nope, 
that's not what it is. We're not going to make each other happy. We'll never like, I will never be LDS. You want somebody that you can control and you want in there in these boundaries that I will never be in. So nope, we're done. And then he's like, super sad but he's like all right I guess and like we get up to leave and then I just start sobbing like as I'm walking out and I hug him and he's like what is happening I'm like sobbing on his shoulder but I was like stone cold killer before that you know (laughs) (laughs) so um I leave and like we don't talk for like three days I beat him at the Spartan race and our deal was if I beat him he had to take me on vacation so he texted me like three days later and he's like I'm pretty sure I still owe you a vacation and I said this makes me really sad no like I you do owe me a vacation because I beat your butt at that race but sure Mm -hmm. yeah but I like I don't know what 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 we're doing what we're doing here he said all I know is you live your life different than anybody I've ever met and I'm not done getting to know you I still want you in my life and I was like okay so we went and had this talk they called the park swing talk we have like the names for our talks (laughs) so great about Um, back talk this park swing talk good yeah like this back talk he hates park swing talk is a like they call them like sliding door moments, you know, those like, have you ever heard okay. that term sliding door moments? But, um, so we went and talked on this park swing and he like said how he just really admired the way that I was free and I lived my life. I knew who I was and I lived like free to true to who I was. He wasn't done getting to know me. He also like, if you're bringing in the church, he's like, I have been like following all the rules for the six years being divorced. And I have never like strayed from my morals and I just like what's the point and he was having this like existential crisis (laughs) and he just said like I just I'm not done getting to know you and we had talked about like so if I at at, during that talk talk we said I said I don't I don't think I'll ever be in the church though I need you to know like I I that's if we're going into this I need you to go in with uh, this will never be a thing not hoping that someday it'll happen but this will never be a thing and he and in my yeah yeah like I don't want you to go in thinking like maybe someday and uh, like it'll change but um he said in my view like I believe I'm gonna be with my my kids forever I just have full faith that I whether I'm in the church or not that things are gonna work out and and I will be with my family forever and he's like well in my belief your your family's all yes somebody's gonna do your temple work so we basically believe the same thing <laughs> it's all gonna work out either way <laughs> here's a loophole okay we're on the same page. yeah yeah like so we kind of have the same belief that it'll just it'll work out you know so we kept dating I tried to to break up with him multiple times still because I just because of trauma with my family and the way that I was raised I just kept thinking like you're gonna love me until it's not enough you're gonna love like it's gonna be all this great until I won't go to the temple and there's gonna be this point where then it's not enough and I'm not gonna be enough and I, like, I just can't, I, I could not trust him, you know, like I couldn't trust that that was actually going to be true. What, what he's saying, because I'd watched my family treat me that way. I'd watch friends treat me like, Oh, you're so awesome. If only you would like be in the church. And like, it just was like, you know, all the gross stuff. So I broke up, I tried to break up with him. He like, if it wasn't for him, just like, he's like, no, this is what I want. And this is how, what's going to be happening. So this is what we're doing. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> he held on tight and just kept loving me he just really kept loving me kept reassuring me that he loved me for who I was and we had to we actually started going to therapy while we were dating and um the therapist was like in my professional opinion I don't know if you guys should be dating because the way that you're you guys have been traumatized and learned to cope with your trauma triggers each other like he wants control you want freedom and you hate that like you love that about each other but you hate that about each other yeah so we had to do tons of growth like we had to work through and face our demons and push through those things that were getting in the way and we still do like it's not peachy now well it is peachy but it's not always peachy you know right like you still work at it yeah yeah it's still like there's things that'll be triggered and and things that'll come up and we just have to really face those like because of how our relationship is we can't just like kind of coast we have to face those traumas and work through the triggers and figure it out. And so we've been married for, we got married on two twenty two twenty two. I went to that retreat and I, I actually ended up proposing to him because I like went to the retreat and realized I was like holding back with all this fear. And like it was, the retreat was with all these LDS women. It was my first time being with, uh, were you at that first one too? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I well, actually know the that. first one. No, I think because I heard about it later Then that second one, you came back oh, and yeah. told everybody you had proposed. 
to him. Yes. Yeah. Cause at the end of the retreat, I proposed. And so then the second one, everybody like, then we like talked about, that's what had happened. I had just gotten married after the retreat that you came to. That's right. So the first one, it like, it's like everything in my life kind of like, I started dating him and I'm like, I just wasn't going to deal with the church and I have to. And then I went to that retreat and it was all these LDS women. And I had a lot of like, Oh, they're all going to hate me. And they didn't hate me. And it was like, okay, nope. maybe like, this will be okay. And I, I just like was forced to face all these like, um, traumas that I had from it, you know? And I was like, okay, I see where church trauma is actually getting in the way of my love for him. And so I went home for that retreat and I proposed to him. And then after that next retreat, we had just gotten married. So it was like fall. And then the last retreat I had just been gotten pregnant. So it was like all the retreats have followed yes, my life. All these beautiful things keep happening. Yeah. <laughs> together, yeah. Which is so good. But I uh-huh. love that you're saying though, that like you guys have had to work at it. And cause that's one thing I wanted to ask you about was like, how do you guys work that out? Like that is not easy to have, you know, mm-hmm. one that you guys trigger each other's traumas, which I think there's actually more couples than not that do. Right. Yeah. But like yeah. not only that, but just having like different sets of beliefs and like working on that. So it sounds like one way you guys do that is through constantly like using your tools and going to therapy and like recognizing, mm-hmm. oh, I'm being triggered right now, which is huge. I think that you guys are able to do that. Yeah. It's been a lot of work. It's lots of work. I listen to lots of podcasts. I'm actually in school for, th- for psychology right now. And I'll like, oh, cool. I'm like, I learned this in my class. I think we do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. So it's actually, it's like one of those things, like you go to, into what you need help on, you know, I think that's part of why, why I'm going into psychology, but yeah. it is, it's just tons of work. It's been tons of work. And like, so we go to church, we kind of made this deal of like, I'll go to church with you sometimes because I want to support you. I've always had the mindset of, I want to support people in exactly what is true to like them being the best person. I think the church is an amazing tool to make people great people and give people fulfillment and all of these things. There's other tools that I find powerful as well. And the church might not be my tool, but I completely respect these other people's tools and I will support whoever it is in using their tools. And so for him, that's his tool. And I will support that because I love him and I want him to be, help him be the best version of himself. So we have like, he goes, we go to his church sometimes, my church sometimes, which is like being naked in the woods sometimes, you know, like I just got to do that part of, part of what I got to do. So, (laughs) Uh, but I've started going to church with him more. So we, I I guess you would consider us fairly active members of the church. (laughs) Weird, right? (laughs) Um, And so when I first started going, it was really triggering, like being there and like, I always feared like these, these bad feelings I got as a teenager like when that arrives for my kids like what how am I going to handle that and I don't want them to have to face that and I don't want to be the villain in their story I don't want it to be the the eternal marriage um, discussion or or the like eternal family discussion and me to be the one that is keeping them from this eternal family because I I watch those stories unfold throughout my life you know my mom wrote a road show. She like would write road shows like when they used to do road shows. And that oh, yeah. was one road of the shows. Like, yeah. The road shows. That was the basis of one. They did like the Christmas story and Scrooge was the dad who didn't want to be in the church and was like keeping this awful man that was keeping their family from eternal, an eternal family. And like, I remember like thinking like, I will be the Scrooge. I don't want to be the Scrooge. So like I just those things were really hard and I just had to like I had to find that there's power so I started with St. Thomas McConkie and that's been hugely helpful as I've like transitioned like where this fits in my life and what it doesn't and just knowing like there is power there like there is power at the church we were walking my daughter and I were walking one time she was a nurse I can't remember what it was but we were walking through the back part of the chapel and she was saying how she was scared. And I just said, you know, there's one thing about being in this building is you're basically safe. And then we know there's stories that there's not, but you're basically safe everywhere here. And the people, the adults here want to help you and people will look, be looking out for you. And it's a safe place. And that was like a moment for me of like, I, I still know that internally, you know? Yeah. I still had that experience growing up. I still, there's that value of having that community and that love and, and the power there that I do want my kids to have. And maybe I just teach them differently than I was taught and keep them like, give them an open-minded perspective of life and that there's other ways to be. Cause I was raised, it's this way or Satan, you know, you do it our way or you're, you're going with Satan. That's and what so- I was 
Maddox, Maddox, he was like, what? Um, like, have you felt other things like that that you feel like have healed as you're like having to, because I think a lot of times we run so far one way, we run all the way off mm -hmm. a cliff, right? Yeah. And like, there is a place where like, I've had to come to that exact same knowledge as a parent still being mm -hmm. in the church I go well I'm not going to teach it the way that some of the stuff was taught back in the day you know we had a lot more of like I felt like an angry God mentality and I've yeah. come to God so much more as love and that is through a lot of the same things you do like I love breath work I love yoga I love those things and so I've had to do the same thing so I, that's I'm really interested to hear like how you have kind of like bridge that gap and making sure that like you guys are really like still a unit in parenting your kids with that yeah so and it's that, that's interesting I can't say I've met a destination there but I am on the journey of that <laughs> well sure are any of us a destination to anything let's get yeah that's like if you're not yeah. translated you still got stuff to work on so we're all we're all here we're so we're working on it yeah. mm -hmm. but I I feel like that's been a huge part of it so like the other day because my daughters want to get baptized so I told I told David my husband like I because it feels uncomfortable because I've always had this thing of like eight years old feels so young like how are they choosing their whole religion at eight years old and then I'm like but she wants to and I'm not going to be the one that's saying you have the, this desire and because of my stuff I'm going to project that onto you and say you can't mm. but I do want her to know why you know so we've been doing lessons and like we talked about um my husband just did like the, the discussions for like missionary discussions. And it was talking about like, God is our father and we're all brothers and sisters. And spiritually, that's what we are. And through obedience, we show our love for God. And that was so triggering to me. The obedience thing is so triggering. And I'm like, that's conditional love. Because that's like, I know that that's like a lot of what I felt. And like my patriarchal blessing says obedience like eight times. And it's like a page long. It's not even a long patriarchal blessing. <laughs> so I definitely have an obedience trigger. Um, and that like was really, have a, yeah. Really interesting because you're dealing with that same stuff in your marriage. Yeah. Like yes. your husband has the obedience thing. <laughs> and you have the free so funny, probably both of you really need this like major growth in both of those areas like mm -hmm. there needs to be somewhere you are able to give a little but it needs to feel like you're giving it freely your obedience is given freely not not conditional and not that it's like forced upon you yeah, it needs to, feel, it needs to be given because of the love you feel for that person yeah well and, and that's like, like i feel like oh, oh sorry and we on. get with god start to realize hopefully that we're doing it for he's given us maybe some of the commandments out of love and we choose obedience because of love also because i'm the same way as you i'll run real far away from, like <laughs> don't me, tell me what to do in any place <laughs> yeah well, if you think about it like that is that is our spirit like we we chose agency like if you subscribe to mormonism right like we believe that we chose this agency we chose to come down here and so yeah our spirit will rebel against like force and have to's and pressure and whatever like i think that's totally normal and natural to like push against you know being forced into something so yeah i think you're totally normal and i do think that marriage is a a refiner's fire right no matter what mm -hmm. your faith beliefs are or what your background is or whatever any of those things aside it is a chance to grow in a way that maybe you wouldn't otherwise and so yeah I just I think it's so cool what you guys are doing because that is a lot of work but it also shows mm -hmm. how much you guys love each other that you are willing to mm -hmm. come back to that and I love that you kept saying as you were sharing about like your dating experience and like getting closer to marriage, how he just kept telling you like, no, I, I just, I love you. And I want to get to know you. Like he just kept bringing it back to that, that he, anyway, he just sounds, he sounds great. Yeah. I haven't met him, but he, he sounds great. <laughs> He's pretty great. And he like, he really did just, and I, you guys, I was like, nope, I, I was with Andre because I was just so scared. You know, you just come back to like this fear and like, he's not, it's going to not be right. And he just kept saying, no, I love you. I love you. And I feel like that's the thing about interfaith marriages 
that that they do take so much work but it gives you the chance and not not putting down anybody's same faith marriage that that they're just like blindly going but you have to decide that you love each other like you're not loving each other because you're fitting this box you're fitting this role of who you think they're going to be or you're going to fulfill this need that they have like I'm in David's I like I've I've been a member of the church I know how important those commandments are and going to the temple and and having this eternal family I know how important that is and that he's willing to say I love you enough not that he's sacrificing it but that he trusts it'll work out you know yeah that that I'm willing to take that risk. If there is a risk, I'm willing to come back to the, I love you and who you are and things are going to be okay. And me, on the other hand, like all these scary things about the church, I had a lot of trauma that I didn't realize being able to say, but I love you enough to work through that. I could just put it away and put it on the shelf and never deal with it and date somebody who doesn't trigger all that, but I really love you. And I see the value in what we can bring to each other. And so I'm, we're going to face this and we're going to, face the fire for a minute because it, it feels worth it, you know? Yeah. And the fact that you can step into something that was traumatic and hard for you and to go back into that building and to support your family, like what a warrior you are to like face things that were hard and painful and to like allow it to be a healing process for you that whatever, you know, (laughs) none of us know what happens 10 years from now, right? Like whatever you end up deciding or like whatever turns out, like, you are healing a piece of yourself that will only benefit you and your family. Yeah. Regardless of whatever the outcome is, healing heals other people. So you yeah. being willing to, to look at that is huge. And and I do love that like you are so respectful of other people's faith journeys and where they're at. And like like before we started, you were like, that's so great that your kids got baptized. Like, like you can honor and respect other people's decisions. And I think that, I don't, I didn't know you before, but I would imagine that a large part of that is because you've healed Mm -hmm. because you face those demons, because you're continually, continually working on those demons and saying, okay, these things were hard and painful, but this is now, and I'm healing and I'm opening my heart to other people's experiences. And I just think that, like you said, yeah, it doesn't mean that doesn't happen in a same faith marriage, but you guys are pushed into being very intentional with your love for each other. And that's really cool. And I think it's a lesson for all of us to be more intentional in all of our relationships. Like I'm, I'm not married, not anywhere close to being married, but could I be more (laughs) intentional in how I love other people? Yeah, I could. And I could definitely look at that more. So this is just inspiring me that we all have the chance to be more intentional about how we show up for each other and how we love each other. I appreciate also, I feel like it's interesting because as you ran away, ran, because we all run sometimes, right? When it falls our trauma. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. you know, it's so interesting that like, um, you have a very open-minded approach to like God now. And in some ways that has allowed you to be open-minded about the religion that you grew up in. Right? yeah like, it's been weird that's a really funny thing because <laughs> I think sometimes <laughs> sometimes we leave a lot of people leave and they become very close-minded to somebody else's experience that like it, they, it's almost like well there's no way they actually had that experience because they're just still in trauma you know what I mean and it's like well mm-hmm. like some of us didn't experience that some of us like I mean some of us did and maybe we've worked through it right or mm-hmm. wherever we are on that I just love that like there's still just such an open acceptance of like wherever anyone is or wherever their journey is or however they're meeting God and where they're connecting with this power and they're connecting with something that connects to their spirit and their soul. And like, I just, I love that. Cause sometimes I think organized religion gets a real bad rap and they get super close minded. People are super close minded about their acceptance of that. And it's like, hold on a second. Like, can't we also be open-minded and accepting of like where, where we're at too. So I love that you're doing that. And then I have a really weird question. Okay. When you were at church, <laughs> do you ever raise your hand and share your feelings? I have. I talked about tarot cards in <laughs> so early <God>. society. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love you I so love much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We talked about, 
um so there was a lesson on like expecting miracles like um acknowledging and expecting miracles and I just brought up that like there's times in my life where I was not in the church at all but I felt miracles and and God meets you where you are God like there's so Thomas McConkie talks about how there's like I think it's actually about Zeus but how Zeus says he's willing to be Zeus but also willing not to be and he he really relates that to Jesus that Jesus is willing to be Jesus but he's willing not to be and in my life it I feel like the divine or or God or Jesus whoever it was came came to me as the divine and that was you're going to tell me that God's only going to show up like if you call him God that's not I would never only come to my kids if they call me mother, you know, like they can call me mom. They can call me dude. They can say, Hey, they can all these things. And I'm going to show up for them. You know, I'm going to meet them where they are. And so I just brought up, there's been times in my life where, where God came to me in a, in the tarot reading. Like it was, it was through those cards that I felt there was like the lowest points of my life where I really felt like I was completely alone. And through those cards, I was reminded of the love that I have from my divine. And you can't tell me that wasn't a miracle at that time in my life because I, I needed that. I remember re, like flipping those over and just almost crumbling because I just needed to know that I was loved. Like I just needed to know that there was love for me. And that's a miracle. Like that was a miracle in my life. Right. Well, and if that's where you are right now, because God will never force us to do anything, right? That's yeah. the beauty that like, we're the ones on earth, like trying to force people into stuff. That's mm-hmm. not his MO at all. So he will never force you into a font or a church building or whatever like he's not going to force you and he knows where we are and he knows exactly what we're doing at that moment and so if that's how he knows he can reach you why wouldn't he use that if that's where you are right now because he's always going to keep inviting us back to him Mm -hmm. right he always wants us to come back to him so if you're over here in a tarot reading and he's over like in israel being like maddie where are you Maddie, I want you to come back. It's like, <laughs> yeah. dude, I'm not anywhere near Israel. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're doing, man. Like, it's not going to happen. No, like, he he will. And I think, I know we're being silly about tarot cards, but, like, the point is that, like, wherever you are, and whether you're in the church or out of the church, wherever you are, God wants you to be his. That's it. Like, mm-hmm. he just wants you to know that you are precious, that you are divine, that you matter. And so he's going to reach out wherever he can. And I think we have been, even in conference talks, I feel like there's been more of an openness around that there's truth in lots of places and that, you know, we're not saying that these people don't have truth or like dismissing their truth. It's like, there is so much beauty all around <laughs> us. There's so much truth all around us and to, um, to be open to that. Right. And so I think it is beautiful to recognize. I, I, just, I just love that also because it's so fun to like, here that you kind of shook it up a little bit right because <laughs> here's the thing like none of them need to go do tarot cards like if that's what they don't want to do right like don't do that but just the fact that like he's just I just I'm imagining in my mind like how interesting that'd be because sometimes we get in like just the row of things you know and it's like oh mm-hmm. do you have your Sunday school answers and then it's like yeah. what? like just to, you know, engage the conversation differently. Like, oh, interesting. And like challenge those muscles of like, oh, she can have that experience and that can be great for her. And I could totally just love that for her and mm-hmm. move on. Like just what yeah. a great chance to like practice and play at like, everyone can have a different experience and that's cool. You yeah. know, and like yeah. not making it <laughs> be a big deal. Like just, okay, cool. You had that experience. Like glad you're here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I also want like, I mean, we have a podcast called Not Your Mama's Relief Society. Like the point is, is my joy and my hope was that like you were brave enough to say your truth and where you are um, so that God could meet you where you were. Because you giving of your time to go and be with your family like should be met by Heavenly Father by opportunities to feel close to him. Like, so I want you when you're there to feel loved and to feel embraced and to feel, you know, like God is proud of wherever you giving that time is a big deal. It's a big deal for your family. It's a big deal for you, especially if it's hard sometimes to do that. And like, so I just loved it. I want you to push yourself in that idea that like, it's not even necessarily always to share a new idea, but just to share you like. Yeah. Share, go in and be open to like 
you know, whatever is reaching you at that moment and sharing and being a part of the community and the culture, like is making the culture better and mm -hmm. it's opening it's up more open-minded. Glad you shared. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and like when I very first went to church, the, the thing, like the first week that I went, it was really, really hard. Like there was, I had like mental breakdowns after the first couple of times going, but <laughs> sure. like the first time I went, I, so I remember, I remember sitting in, in sacrament meeting as a kid and I would look at my mom's hands. I, so I know that it, like each finger that I have looks like my mom's hands because I would sit in sacrament meeting and I would compare my hands to her. And I know that like our middle finger twists to the side, both of our middle fingers do. And we have this weird shaped like ring finger nail I know that about about her in our hands because of those times in sacrament meeting and that first time going to church I'm a I I cope by being over busy that's like how I deal with life is I don't sit down I and you. I dissociate from my kids a little bit and I just stay so busy that I can't think about all the things that are hard for me you know and I was sitting in sacrament meeting and my daughter started doing that with my hands and she started saying she said mom our fingers are the same. And I had this moment of like, if this is the only thing I get out of this, if this is it, if, the, if this, if it's just time for me to sit here with her and to not move and for her to compare her hands to my hands, to have that experience, like that's amazing. That's, yeah. that's such a huge, valuable thing in my life. So let's say I never got anything else from the church and didn't feel the, 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 it's definitely evolved since that first time, but if that was the only thing I got, that was worth it, you know, like, and it, it, it just was like finding those little pieces. Okay. So this thing can work. It had nothing to do with the church. Okay. Now this, knowing that my, I can tell my daughter their safety in this building. That was, that was a piece that was really good. And now after listening to Thomas McConkie, I love how he says he, he intentionally doesn't use the word truth. When he talks about the church, he says power, because when you say truth, it instantly gives the argument of no, there's not truth. And for some people, they, they have experiences feeling that it was not truth and they get very much like, I felt a lot of truth and other things, but if you use power, there's power there. There was power in my tarot cards. There was power in all these different things that I felt God in my life and, and power feels so much better, you know? Mm -hmm. And I wanted Julie earlier, I wanted to make a point to say when I, I've had this experience, so how you said people leave the church and they, they fall off the cliff and they become really bitter. And that was something from the very beginning, because that was always when people, all the people in my family that left, they did become bitter. And it was kind of this like, see, when you leave the church, you're bitter. Like you, yeah. that's the only people that leave are bitter and they fall off the deep end. So it was always like something I was very intentional about to be open-minded to other people and to allow people to have their experience that can be different from my experience and I had this, this realization recently that a lot of my life was, it, I, I went from being Mormon to not, I wasn't anti-Mormon, but a lot of people get the, um, they, they take on the identity of ex-Mormon and you're still being controlled. Like you're still, you're still mm -hmm. like, I, I want freedom. I want to be authentic to who I am. And if my authenticity comes from doing everything against the thing that I don't like, like you're still not free. So I just, in my life, I want, yeah. And people in the church, if you're, if, if you're staying in the church or you're, you're holding on to these values just so that like, you're the best version of Mormon, or you're like the only reason you don't drink coffee or the only reason you don't do these things is because you like have to fit the box. You can definitely not do those things because it's authentic to you and it make, it fits your values. But if you're only doing it, like, I just want everybody to find the thing that is like, what, what is authentic to you? What brings you closer to your God? What makes you feel like you're becoming the best version of yourself? And if that fits with the all, within all of those values that the church teaches, that's wonderful, but don't just do it just to check off the box. Because then when somebody's not doing it to check off the box, you like, it, it threatens your, like, I, how can this not check off my box? If it doesn't check off your box, I think it allows people to get, to have their own experience because it's, it's for you and it should look different than somebody else's. My relationship with my parents looks different from my siblings. So my relationship with my God should look different from you too. Why would it be any different? Right. And well, you be just to be open. intentional about it, right? To be intentional about yeah. the relationship and about why you're doing these things, because it will mm. only benefit you as a person if you're being intentional about why you're choosing those things. Yeah. You're right. And you remaining open like that brought the one of the greatest blessings into your life. Like you were still open enough to accept your husband when he came. Yeah. 
you know, because there was Almost a part not. of you that really wanted to run. <laughs> yeah, that's when I had to make that realization. <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Because it was almost that like, well, no, I can't fit in his box. So I'm going to run the opposite direction of his box, you know? So it, right. it was a lot of that, like realizing like, I want to be free. What does freedom look like? Freedom is not doing anti the thing that hurt me. Yep. Yeah. Freedom is authenticity. You're exactly right. I was talking about that just barely with a group of friends. And we were talking about like, well, we talked with uh, Mark Butler, right? Annie, that's his name, right? Yeah. He talked to us about money and we were talking about tithing and stuff. And I was saying how like tithing is a hard one for me. And I'm trying to like wrap my brain around it and get a good testimony of it. And he said, you know, Christ asked the man, this man, he said, leave everything and, and like sell everything you own and leave and go and come with me. And he said, but why did Christ ask that man to leave everything? But he doesn't ask everyone to leave everything. There were people, in fact, he told him to stay. And he said, you have to understand that for that man, Christ wanted that man to do that because he needed that part of the testimony. And I thought that's why you have to gain personal testimonies of the things that you're asked to do and the commandments in which you're doing them. And we're not doing them for rote reasons. We're not just doing them to do them. It's what's the authenticity of why you're doing it? Like, why does Christ ask you specifically to do this? And why does that work for you? And as we do that, we can live a more authentic life. And that's both ways. Why are you not doing something? Are you not doing something because you, you know, you think you shouldn't or are you doing something because someone told you you couldn't when you were little oh i got a tattoo the second i left the church because yeah couldn't, so now i wanted to you know which i mean listen you might do that too but you know <laughs> just you examining picking your reasons examining why you're right. doing something and so that you can be in full alignment with like what feels like what will make you this more and not just better person like a more loving person like yeah. i tell my kids all the time like that's the thing we focus on all the time is being a kind and loving person. Like if they do nothing else in this life, but learn how to be kind and loving to other people, I will die a happy mom. You know, like yeah. motto is Carter's are kind. And that is what we focus on. And in fact, when they were doing their little missionary lessons, it was like, Evan doesn't really understand a lot of it. And it's, it's a lot. Right. And so I just boiled it down to like, what do I want him to understand right now where he's at? And it was just basically like, because God loves you, he wants you to be good to other people. Can you promise to do that? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. The commandment that I want to really help my kids honor the most as well is to like love God and like connect with him and then love other people and love themselves because that's part of the commandment. My question really was like, what do you feel like then? And you answered this a little bit. So maybe you can just, we can be really precise for everybody, but like, what are some of the pluses and then maybe the pitfalls that you've had to be really mindful of in having like a mixed orientation marriage with like you both being of different faiths? Some of the hard stuff is like, there are times where we just have to say, we agree to disagree that, that there's going to be like, not like the really big things, but like little things. And you'd be surprised which maybe you wouldn't be surprised. Cause if you've ever been in a marriage, you know how much the little things can end up being the really big things. <laughs> <laughs> because it'll be like little values or little like I think that so even like LGBTQ rights and things like that when it comes up like he wants to really explain like we don't live this way and I feel like it's really important to be super loving and open because we don't know what our kids are going to choose as adults and I don't want these like these things said to them when they were younger about how wrong it is to affect their their self-love and and their worth you know like th those are things that I I just don't want to be a problem you know I don't want and they will be I like we grew up in today's society it's like we're all gonna have problems that's the thing we're all being messed up somehow so we <laughs> can't but I want to control them and make all their life happy all the time you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. It's a natural desire as a mom, right? Make their life happy all the time. <laughs> all the time. Like never give them any kind of emotional trauma. Like I just want oh, to keep all the emotional trauma out. away. Yeah. 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 Work out. Totally gonna make that goal. <laughs> but I like I just I try very hard as a parent to be like a conscious parent that like so I know the ways, like the certain things and the culture, like how that affected 
how I see like even even like the virtue stuff like the the being like completely virtuous and and clean and and as I became a teenager and had thoughts and feelings and experiences that made me unclean how detrimental that was to my like emotional well-being because it just was I feel like there's an open way to teach it. you can still teach like save it for he's like we have to teach that it has to be after marriage and I'm like okay you can let them know that sex is for marriage but I also will teach that sex is for love because I want them to wait till love and if it's not if that's before marriage for them then I'm not going to let them think that they are like now damaged goods you know like I just don't want that to be a thought so those kind of things can they can get heated and triggering and we have to like be very aware of like okay I'm being triggered because of my own thing and and that can be hard but I do feel like there's so much benefit like going to church having that that weekly something that we do to worship or to like remind us to be better be closer to our 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 divine I feel like is a very powerful thing in people's lives that you can find out of the church but the church gives a really 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 good framework for it you know like they <laughs> there's there's this construct that's built into the church with community and and family and all these values that are really really positive and beneficial so I feel like those are really good positive things and I do feel like because of the way because I have the knowledge that I do from being raised in the church and I have gotten the perspective of keeping an open mind and stuff and then he's he's kind of the extreme version of church too he's not like he's not middle ground like I am because you know there's like you have like your like extreme he's a little bit of like the old traditional version so I feel like we've just helped each other we're on such ops ends of the spectrum with so many things in life including the views on the church that we have to meet in the middle it's like forced us yeah. to like and if we don't we're just going to constantly be hating each other so it's given us a chance to really be kind of forced into the middle and in a healthier place you know yeah well, well it sounds like you're his blessing for that then right like because there's probably welcome. a part of him that really needs to give <laughs> a little bit more a little more openness to like agency and agency for your kids and mm -hmm. that's nice and but, he's given me stability and there was yeah. there was stability that I didn't think that I needed I'm just going to be a free bird all the time but where that children need stability they need that rock and he's given me this rock and i've given him some some sand i guess yeah. <laughs> some river flowing through and around yeah well yes. and i think it's important because you said force and i want to say that you are given a choice mm. every day and you guys choose each other yeah neither one of you is being forced you choose it because you love each other you just keep making the choice over and over again. And I think that's true of all marriages and probably all relationships, right? You get to every day, make a choice. Like, is this going to be a relationship that I will put time and effort into and like meet in the middle and honor each other's agency and honor each other's faith? And am I going to do that or not? So anyway, just with, you know, with your triggers, like you are not <laughs> being forced. You guys are choosing each other that. and that is so powerful that you are choosing each other and you're choosing love. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about is that we love each other. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I'm grateful for you coming on and sharing your story. I think it's powerful and also like so good to show other people how we can like have a conversation and be in different spots, but like still love each other. Yeah. You know what I mean, like you probably won't catch me naked in the woods and <laughs> Like, you I might wait, Annie. I mean, who knows? You never know. But like, you never know. Probably not my jam. But like, that doesn't. That's not the thing that matters, right? What matters is that, like we said before, like you and I have some similar energies and some similar like interests, and we can love each other for the people that we are. And I just think that's powerful that we can have a conversation, see into each other's lives a little bit, and like just love and appreciate the person that they are. And that's what God wants us to do is to love his kids. And mm -hmm. I just, as you're talking, I just keep getting this feeling over and over and over again. Like God loves you so much. Like he just adores you and me and Julie and all the people. It could just, I love these conversations because it's a reminder of how much God loves his kids. Mm -hmm. That's it. The end. That's all I want to say. But I'm just I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much for sharing your story, and thank your husband for letting us, you know, talk about him on air. 
you know? (laughs) Live to the world. Live and all to the world, all these people. Yes. And listeners, thank you for being here. And thank you for listening to Maddie's story and to keep your heart open to other people's stories. We love you guys so much. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for being here today. If you like the podcast, the best way to support us is to leave a review and five-star rating. And come hang out with us and join our community at our new Instagram at notyourmamas.rs.